When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it's time for the second half of our show now. Uh, Jeffrey, how are you feeling uh, with this the short week? Um, I feel uh, I feel yeah, I have mixed feelings about it, but being the road team on Thursday night, that's uh, that's kind of a, a sticky situation. I don't know. I, I'm still riding like the improbable win over the Ravens. Like high, I'm still I'm still kind of on that right now. Like I. That was a great game. Uh, we went through all the analysis and talked all last week about how basically there's no reason the Steelers should beat the Ravens. And then at the end of the at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I'm not picking the Steelers to lose at Hind Fields with the Ravens. And I picked them to win, and they did. How how are you feeling about your uh your choice for the your prediction for that last game there, Michael? Why are you calling me out, Jeffrey Benedict? Uh, you're calling me out on film room or on your uh, on the cutting room floor. You're calling me out on know your enemy. Goodness, you called me out on Twitter. You're yeah. trying to start. You're trying to start a fight between between the two you, hosts. Yeah, the Steelers getting absolutely crushed, and you're like, I don't even know if they can keep it that close. Like the Ravens are going to put up like 50 points on the Steelers, whoa, whoa, and the Steelers are going to 50. The Steelers are going to score like negative two points or something here. Okay, yeah, sure. I'll atone for my sins. Um, yeah, no, I thought Baltimore was going to beat the the barn doors off the Steelers' defense. That was before TJ Watt was ruled out or uh, was ruled into the game. He was still in COVID protocols, and we didn't think he was playing. He also went freaking off. Uh, so he did. He um, absolutely did. He's the only, me for that. the only reason we won that game is TJ Watt was just like, nope, this is my game. And, and if he didn't play, how different would you think it would have been, Jeffrey? How different? Uh, I think the Steelers still would have won. Oh, sure. by lots. Oh, they yeah. would have won by lots. Less than one point. Yes. <laughs> yes. It would have like, like a tenth of a point. One. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. Yeah. See, now no, I, I, really... I will say there's no like that two point conversion. It's, man, I I know we're not, I know we're trying to talk about Minnesota, but I got to talk about this one. Oh, that dear, two dear. point conversion play I've seen all over like social media, all over the internet. People discussing, oh, who should have been covering Mark Andrews. The reality of that play is that was Minka Fitzpatrick's guy, but Minka is reading run first. Joe Schobert's in the middle. They often will switch a guy who goes over there to the middle linebacker. Joe Schobert's playing run 100% of the way. Everyone else has a man they're covering, right? So Mark Andrews is wide open. How you defend that would be like TJ Watt kind of playing off and kind of splitting the difference and watching him. The entire design of the Ravens play was – if, if you rush Lamar, we have Mark Andrews wide open for a touchdown. If you drop and cover, you look at the play. It's a run play. Lamar's taking it straight into the end zone. The Steelers' entire approach to those entire – like the Ravens' entire offense is built on these little two-man games, right? Like that, that little situations. They run their entire offense that way. And the Steelers' approach to that is T.J. Watt, go get Lamar Jackson. Make 
Lamar Jackson either hand the ball off to a running back or beat you. And on that play, because it was a pass, Lamar Jackson had to get that pass past TJ Watt accurately, and he couldn't do it. And that's like the reason Mark Andrews is wide open is because the Steelers gamble on TJ Watt, go make a play and be better at your job than Lamar Jackson is at his. And that's how that play occurred. That's pretty much how the Steelers designed their defense to work on a play like that is, okay, you got us, but can you beat TJ Watt still? I'm going to get into that play in a moment, but I'm still kind of offended the, the <laughs> amount of times you've called my name out. Like, are we going to have to get into a fist fight on the air here? Just hit you with the ba 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 Hey, hey, you know what? On camera, in this format, I'm like the same size as you, man. In, in reality, you've got like, a, you've got several inches and a decent amount of weight on me, but I'm... I'm a big man on the internet. <laughs> we're all. Aren't we all? Aren't we're we all, all? Six to five on the internet, man. Don't start with me now. <laughs> I'm maybe five nine in real life. But I'm uh, six five online. Hey, you're as, <laughs> you're as tall as you say you are online. That's exactly what That's it comes right. down to, right? <laughs> That's right. Oh, goodness oh, gracious. Man. Anyhow, that was a great play. TJ Watt, that, that was one of the best defensive performances I've I can think of in some time, like James Harrison's oh, what, yeah. uh, Monday Nighter against Baltimore. That one, that one comes to mind. Yeah, um, that, that okay. That probably that probably tops. I mean, there's there's a touchdown just... involved in there, uh, and really kind of turned the the tables. That was like a half. Like James yeah. Harrison had a good first half, but his second half was that. That's when he became James Harrison. You know, that like just... that was. Whew. But uh, and they yeah. they both had uh, old alumni in presence the old team around for both of those games interesting that's, that's yeah. actually really interesting huh but uh do you think tj like obviously this is a big topic of conversation now uh tj watt he continues this pace first of all if he, if he pulled this pace all year it would be 27 sacks would be what he's pacing he's still on pace for 20 freaking four the record is 22 and a half tj watt has only played in about nine games when you factor out all the quarters he's missed and all the games he's missed this is ridiculous. He's putting up dumb numbers. If it say he breaks the sack, the sack record, sorry, I'm getting all excited here. If he breaks the sack record, Steelers make the playoffs. People are saying MVP. Is that crazy? I know it's a defensive player and like it, this is basically a quarterback award, but is, is that crazy? 24 sacks? No, it isn't. Uh, what one of the things that drives me crazy is people, people are like, oh. You know, what's one player worth? Well, that depends on the rest of the team. Right now, with the team situation we have, the Steelers without TJ Watt don't have pass rush. They don't have it. Like, and their defensive backs can't win with coverage if we're blitzing. Like, you just, you have no defense if TJ Watt's not in there. Our defense is awful without TJ Watt. With TJ Watt, it's good. The difference between awful and good is pretty evident if you look at the Steelers' record when TJ's not healthy. Like, when he's not healthy, the Steelers are terrible. When he's healthy, they're, they got six wins with him. They've got zero without him or in the games where he first comes back from injury and he's clearly not playing well. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd difference. Uh, and he could should absolutely be in consideration for the MVP, especially, I mean, if he if he breaks the sack record, and the Steelers continue to win games basic base like pretty much on TJ Watt being their defense, then yeah, 
Yeah, he's an MVP candidate, and he should get it. That's as valuable as any quarterback. Quarterbacks get credit for everything because they touch the ball every game. Like, every play they touch the ball. Like, center doesn't get credit for, for plays, you know, but they touch the ball. Right? Michael, you know, what about your stats? Whoa! You know what? In my career, I still... Okay, first of all, why are you flaming me today? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> what did I do? Oh my goodness gracious. Anyhow, I did oh, score man. one touchdown in my career. Believe it or not, it was a fumble. Uh, recovered it. Uh, the ball already happened to be in the end zone, but I still picked it up, so I scored a touchdown. So There yeah. you go. But yeah, I had there a stat, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But jeez. Uh, Huh. I, I didn't like, mean I, that insultingly. I'm saying like, like quarterbacks are are get way too much credit. Like Antonio Brown, Heinz Ward could have thrown dump offs, right? And yet the quarterback's like, oh, dude, did you see that screen pass? They took it 60 yards. That quarterback was top notch. I hate quarterbacks. <laughs> and we'll get away from the TJ Watt stuff and really preview this game in a moment. But I, I still want to like kind of chat a little bit on him because of how insane he has been playing. Yeah, uh, I believe absolutely. the stat is when he's missed at least a quarter of game time, the Steelers are 0-4-1, uh, meaning when he hasn't, they are, what, 6-1 six, uh, six and then. Uh, no, yeah. excuse me. Uh, they're 0-3-1 uh, when he misses at least a quarter. They're 6-2 and two when he plays the full game. But when he plays a full game and isn't coming off of an injury from the week prior, they're 6-0. and oh. A healthy TJ Watt, the Steelers are six and L. Yeah. Like, like that's not coincidence at that point. Like, it really is ridiculous how much worse the Steelers are when he's not on this team. It, it's the crazy. last the last time a player in the NFL made this much difference on a team, it was Minka Fitzpatrick coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers and completely turning their defense around. Like that it and it kind of goes to show that while the NFL is one of the most team-based sports in in existence or all 11 players matter because of that there are certain players that can be incredibly valuable in the situation they're in right where Minka Fitzpatrick came and we had no free safety we had no deep coverage we were getting torched deep and Minka Fitzpatrick went from the Steelers are the worst deep ball defending team in the NFL to they are the best and that's a huge swap TJ Watt takes the Steelers from we don't know how to we don't know what to do with quarterbacks. We just watch them throw the ball and give them all day to throw and they just tear up our defense to we're leading the NFL in sacks. He takes us that way and in a in a league this pass oriented and this quarterback friendly, pass rush is one of the key elements teams have to have. So you brought up Minka Fitzpatrick and coming the Steelers. So I just want to bring up do you remember when Cam Kelly was the starting safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers against the New England Patriots? You remember that? <laughs> You know how many film rooms I did? I had to deal with that. I went an entire offseason watching so much Cam Kelly. It was awful. You, you want to have nightmares? Watch go go watch the all 22 film of our pass defense with Cam Kelly back there. We had no deep coverage. None. And that was when Terrell Edmonds had no idea what to do deep. No idea what to do in deep zone. And they're like, Terrell, uh, you're our free safety. Go. And it was bad. It was terrible. And then they were like, so uh Cam Kelly? Nope, that's worse. Like they're just there was nobody, and then make a fast Patrick comes in, and it's just it's just lights out from there on. Uh, oh, oh, we went from the thirty second ranked free safety to the number one. Huh. Yeah, well, well, imagine yeah. that. 
Yeah, Ugh. that's how that's how you that's how you turn an entire season around. And that's really the Steelers. The difference between Derek Tuska, Taco Charlton, and TJ Watt is the difference between six and zero and zero five and one. Yeah, no, I, and that is insanity. Uh, but getting into this weekend or this weekend tomorrow's game, or if you're listening tomorrow. on the podcast side, today's game. Um, so getting into, into this Vikings matchup, being the road team on Thursday night football pretty much means you have a 20% chance of winning the game. Like it, it is a ridiculous amount uh, of times the home team wins on Thursday night. It's just the nature of the game. Uh, you don't have a lot of time to prepare. Uh, usually teams are, are going on back-to-back flights on a very short week. You don't get any practice. The home team is the overwhelming favorite. Do you, are you worried about the Steelers because of this uh, and because of a, a poor road record? Well, really, every team has a poor road record on Thursday night football. Are, are you worried about this game? Absolutely. Uh, the biggest the biggest factor, I think, in Thursday night games is just being tired. It's just not being ready, being worn out, and, and not being in football condition. You're not – you're starting the game already out of, you know, football condition to play a game. And then when you're the home team, teams feed off their fans. When you have a whole week off, when you have all that stuff, and you're in – you can overcome that and it's not as big a deal. But I think really – when you've got a team that's two teams starting the game tired, that home field advantage is such a big deal with the fans. Uh, so I, I really do. I think it's a big deal. Uh, like, cause looking at this game, I mean, really the Steelers should just beat them. The Steelers should really have a good game here and beat the, the Minnesota Vikings. Like even, even uh, we were talking before the show started, Akella Witherspoon played the Vikings, actually did a good job against Stefan Diggs back when he was a starter with San Francisco. He played good last week. If we have another good game from him, he's exactly the kind of cornerback you want covering Justin Jefferson because he can handle him deep. He's got the speed. He's got the ball skills. He's got, he's got that. That's his best part of his game. And if you give him some underneath help to deal with all the other stuff, maybe Minka up in like in shorter coverage, to help that and take that away and, and let Witherspoon just take him deep. You can bracket him all day. It's a great setup pressure. Yeah. He's not good dealing with pressure. TJ Watt, pretty good. Get down the quarterback. So for me, like everything looks great for the Steelers. And, and the one real problem you'd have is, you know, Adam Thielen and then Dalvin cook. And if Dalvin cook plays, he's probably not 100%. So it's like it, everything's kind of set up for the Steelers to have a really good game here. And yet we're the Thursday night road team. And that says we're probably going to go into this game and be like, we don't, we don't, what, what sports is this? Is this foosball? Like, is this, are we playing NBA live? What are we doing here? Like, you know, this, they're not going to remember how to play football. Someone on the field is going to be like, I just forgot how to play football suddenly. And the Steelers are going to give up stupid plays. It's that's what I expect because it's Thursday night and we're on the road. Okay, not to get too far ahead of myself, but after a Thursday night game, that means you have a mini bye week. Uh, we will mm-hmm. preview this game more with uh, some close uh, personal friends to the show. Uh, but the Steelers play the Titans on ten days rest. Uh, does that make yeah. you a little bit more confident uh, going into the Titans matchup the week <laughs> after? Oh, that's going to be fun, man. That's going to be a good game. Get the Especially if the Steelers somehow beat the Vikings, right? Woo! And they're 7-5-1, going to play the Titans with a chance to go 8-5-1. and one. 
you give the Steelers, you give Matt Canada, you give the you give Keith Butler and Mike Tomlin, you give them an extra you know couple of days to really dig in and, and kind of come up with a specific game plan for this team to implement a bit. Because you can you can give the guys a day off, an extra day off, or even two days off, and still get more practice than you usually do. So I, I yeah, I, I can't. That's going to be a fun game. This one is more like oh. The only good thing is I don't have like three extra days to worry about this game. Like I'm still kind of, like I said, I'm kind of still riding the high from the Ravens game. And then tomorrow I'm like, oh yeah, football again. Okay, cool. What's this? Oh, it's the Steelers playing like crap. But At, <laughs> if the Steelers are able to win this game though, there is kind of a, a chaos theory that I posted on my own Twitter account. Uh, if uh, Cleveland knocks off Baltimore, if the Steelers beat Minnesota and the Bengals lose to the Niners, the division basically goes uh, Ravens eight eight and five, Steelers seven five and one, uh, and then the uh, then the Browns at seven and six, and the Bengals are in last at seven and six. <laughs> like seriously, it, it goes everything can go bananas. This is going to be the tightest race this division has ever seen ever between all four teams. This is ridiculous. Ha- have you seen anything like this in the sport of football before? Uh, the NFC East has pulled off a couple of years like that, where all they're all four? Like, there. Were, well, yeah, we're all four were within like a game or two of 500 and they were doing, there was a couple seasons in the nineties. I think they pulled that off. I could be wrong, but I think, I think they had some, they were at least close if they didn't actually pull it off, but yeah, that's, it's really rare. It's really rare. And, and the reason I think it's happening is because the Steelers should be, should be. And we're expected to be the worst team in this division. And yet they're not. They're just like, they're just like, nope, we're not going to do that. Yeah, okay, we we probably should be the worst. But nah, we won't. And I I love that about, I love that about the Steelers is they're just like, nah, we're not going to be the worst team. We'll find a way to beat Baltimore. We'll find a way to <laughs> beat the Browns. It's wild to me for like as much as I've, I've talked down this team because like they, they really aren't this this juggernaut of a of an NFL team. I like I I don't even the biggest homer for the Pittsburgh Steelers couldn't come out and be like, oh yeah, this is the best team in the league. Like let, let's be realistic with ourselves here. They're a decent football team, yeah. But they they could still win the division and really would it surprise me? Not a whole lot, really. Like if future me sent me a telegraph right now and said, hey. In two months from now, the Steelers won the AFC North. I'd be like, wow, huh, how about that? And they'll be like, it kind of makes sense with the position <laughs> they put themselves in. Uh, Joe Burrow's hand is messed up. That's going to greatly affect the Bengals down the stretch here. The Steelers have a real shot of winning the division. Uh, somehow, I feel like it's harder to, to be a wildcard team with the teams they've lost to. Uh, basically, you kind of have to rely on the Bills to continue to lose if the Steelers want to have a tiebreaker over anyone. Uh, when it comes to that, the tie really throws a wrench in everything because they won't have a similar record to anyone anymore. Uh, so basically, they just got to tie them on wins. But the Steelers lost to the Chargers. They lost to the Raiders. Uh, they they got to play the Chiefs. Uh, who like it, it's it, it's interesting mix right now. So it feels like winning the division is still the Steelers' best way to get in, which is surprising with seven playoff slots. But before we uh, hammer out to the more Vikings preview, uh, the rest. Uh, the back half of the show here with just a handful of games left. Do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to make the playoffs period? No, no, I don't think I still, I, the way it looks, I still think they're going to end up 
what would it be now? Nine, seven, and one. That might be enough, uh, though. Ooh. Or eight, eight, and one. I still eight and eight's on the table, and man, that's just a really tempting number to be like. The Steelers could be the first team to go 500 in an odd game season. Like yeah, they right. could do that, and that's that. That would be the most Mike Tomlin rebuilding year thing ever. Would be we no. We don't care that you added a 17th team. Everyone's like, well, now Mike Tomlin can't go 500. Mike Tomlin's like, yeah, you know what I can do? I can go 500. How about that now? That's I I I I have a real hard time not saying the Steelers end eight and eight. Even when they were terrible, when they were like <laughs> what? When they were one and three, I was like, they're going to be eight and eight. And they came back and they're like five and three. I'm like, they're gonna, they're going to be eight and eight. And I, I'm going to stick with it. They're going to be eight eight and one. It's going to happen. Man, yeah, this is a streaky as hell team. But you know, it's funny after you trash me at the beginning of the show. Uh, for for me picking the Ravens to to win in a dramatic fashion, now you're picking them to not make the playoffs. Really, to me, <laughs> the Steelers' playoff hopes comes down to winning this game. If they knock off Minnesota, the Steelers are going to be in a real good shot by like even if they lost the Titans and the Chiefs, their last two weeks against the Browns and Ravens, that, those, like you win both of those, you you might win the division. The key here is winning, like. Three and two over this back stretch. Three and two at minimum. That's what you need to get to make the playoffs at minimum. So to me, yeah. you have to win Thursday night football. Is that correct estimation? Do the Steelers have to go into Minnesota, pull off the W, move to two one and one against the NFC North? Yeah, I, to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that, I think they can. They can beat the. I think they can beat the Ravens and Browns again. Uh, but there's some other teams on there that are going to be rough. There's going to the be some yeah. rough games. The Chiefs are red hot right now. That is scary. Yeah. The Titan, the Titans are still. The Titans are weird. They're losing yeah. games they should win and winning games they sh- they probably shouldn't. But they are a weird football team right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh won that one with the extra rest at home. Hell, if the Steelers went four and one, if the Steelers go four and one over the, the last five weeks here, I, I'm picking them to win the North. Is there any chance Bud Dupree plays the Steelers? I don't think so. It seems is like he's he on is, injured reserve. Uh, yeah, he's on he's IR. Like done. Yeah, I'm pretty sure say, he's done. If Bud Dupree was playing the Steelers, like the Bud Dupree Dan Moore matchup uh, would be a nightmare for the Steelers, and I'd be like, you don't have a chance. But yeah, Bud Dupree, I think I believe he's done for the season. So he he's on I, the, I he's I on the short term IR, but it seems more. I'm pretty sure he is. But it's like more yeah. likely than not he doesn't play this year, which would also affect the compensatory formula, meaning the Steelers get a fourth rounder instead of a third rounder for losing Bud Dupree, which really sucks, especially with how much Joe Hague has well, played. They might lose another pick with him. And huh, comp picks didn't go uh, very well as we thought it, they were going to go. Yeah, you got you got to commit to the comp pick thing like Belichick style to really oh, make pick it work. Pick a five a year? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Anyhow, uh, this is a big game, obviously, as uh, we mentioned. What do the Steelers have to do? Uh, like, if I said you got to check three boxes, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, what are three things that they have to do to win this game? Okay. I'll give you two, and then the the, the real the real big one is the third one. Okay. Uh, you got to get pressure. TJ Watt basically has to be TJ Watt. He's got to keep going off. He's got to keep doing it. And he You've can gotta, do it. You've got to shut. You've got to not shut down. You got to slow down Justin Jefferson. Keep him from beating you, because I don't think the rest of the offense really can. Mm, yeah. And the number three one, and the most important one, is win the punter battle. <laughs> Percy nice. Harvin, Presley Harvin, 
the third versus Jordan Berry in prime time on Thursday night, people. The kicking, punting match of the century right here. Grudge match. I, let's do it. Let's go. Sell it. <laughs> Punt the ball. Uh, it's gonna be that's the key that's the key to the game right there, there the hey you know what there is a storyline there uh they were both yeah. on the roster to start the year uh but by all accounts barry had a better like a slightly better training camp in preseason but uh like it, it was just time there's no yeah. way the Steelers could have rolled again with jordan this, barry. Is, a, this is gonna be a kicker punter game Hey, if Presley Harvin got consistent, he might be the greatest punter in the history of the sport with how he can kick a football. The way he downs yeah. it, he's not consistent though. What's what's the what's the problem we always have with punters in Pittsburgh? They're inconsistent. Yeah. Ever since conspiracy theory, Heinz Field, which Heinz by Field the is way kind of is like the worst place for field goal kickers in the NFL. It's one of the worst, and we don't even act like that affects punters. At all. But I'm like, notice how punters are really good, and then they come to the Steelers, and they're like, I'm going to shank one out of every, like, four punts. Just because now I'm a Steeler. And it's either, like, Danny Smith hates punters and, like, kicks them. Like, he goes and, like, stabs them in the middle of the night and wakes them up and punches them and stuff, and is, like, whispers, like, you're no good. You're terrible. Shank it into their ear while they're sleeping or something. Or maybe it's Heinz Field is just bad for punters. I don't know. I don't know, but it's just, it's, I, I don't know. It's it's become crazy because Presley Harvin III was not a guy who shanked punts in college, and now he is a guy who shanks punts. Why? Because he came to the Steelers. Jordan Berry leaves the Steelers. He's like, I've, he hasn't, he's, he, his long yardage is, he has, his long yardage is, is shorter than it was on the Steelers, and he doesn't have as many big punts there, but he has, but he has better yards per punt because he's not shanking anything I, it doesn't make sense i'm trying to make something make sense that doesn't make sense it's just crazy punters come to the steelers and they're like a shank something i see in the live chat and i couldn't agree more i'm gonna have to back up a dump truck worth of popcorn for this punting matchup a dump truck full of popcorn that's how much uh anticipation i have for this punting matchup between uh former Steeler and current Steeler. that's uh that's a big time Football oh, five star yeah. matchup because we in oh. <laughs> uh, we're approaching the end of the show here, uh, so that means it's time to make our game picks. And I wonder if I'm going to be negative, but Jeffrey, I'll let you go first here. Oh, I'm going to be worse than negative. Uh oh, I'm going to. This game you. is going to be a game of kickers. It's going to be punters and Do kickers. Three nothing. And this no worse okay. worse two nothing. You want my prediction? No. Six to six. Oh shh! No, it's not going to be another tie. Nope. I was going to have the Steelers lose this game simply because of the Thursday night thing. You know, I will never pick the Steelers to win on the West Coast when Brian Roethlisberger is playing, and I will yeah. not pick the Steelers to win when they're a road team on Thursday night. I'm not going to do it. But our guest convinced us that Minnesota's not winning this game either. I'm now convinced Minnesota is also not going to win this game. So we've got two teams, two teams that we were will absolutely refuse to win this game, similar to how Minnesota refused to let Detroit give them the game as much as Detroit tried last week. The Steelers are going to play bad enough to lose, and Minnesota is going to be like, no, 
not going to happen. And we're going to end up with a 6-6 tie in what is the greatest kicking duel in NFL history. Shut with your like, mouth. With something, like, with something like 12 punts in overtime. Ugh. <laughs> okay, before I give my prediction here, there's also a kind of a big stat that's coming up on the books here that I think we should, we should really should bring up here. Ben Roethlisberger's 355 passing yards away from passing Philip Rivers for fifth place all time. Can he do that on Thursday night football where consistently yards are harder to come by? Oh, absolutely. If the Steelers are getting blown out. Uh, <laughs> So if it's a close game, you're saying something. Like happening. all we need is all we need is Kendra Green to like. Oh gosh, trauma. Uh, just earmuffs if you're sensitive to this. But uh, all we need is Kendra Green to throw, you know, throw a snap over Ben Roethlisberger's head. Have Ben throw a pick six in the first quarter, and then yeah, totally he could get it. Well, I just quickly looked it up here. Ben Roethlisberger's <laughs> uh, season high is 318 yards. So for in that sense, yeah. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he'll do it against the Tennessee Titans. But not yeah, now. I agree. I now, agree. That's the likely out for my score prediction. Uh, <laughs> you would have already heard it on Let's Ride with uh, Jeff Hartman. Uh, if you tur- tune into our uh, AM shows, I uh, popped on on Wednesday instead of my normal Friday. Jeffrey shaking his head. He, he just gets jealous when uh, when I'm on different shows. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, Jeff Hartman uh, and I uh, kind of broke it down a little bit, and I am picking the Pittsburgh Steelers to win in triumphant fashion. They are uh, going into Minnesota. Uh, I think uh, T.J. Watt has another solid game. The Vikings' offense is just so ravaged with injuries. I, I can't see them scoring a lot of points with a limited playbook. I just I feel like they, they could even rotate Minka Fitzpatrick to be the bracket guy over Justin Jefferson because there just isn't that other talent you have to worry about as much. So might as well go best on best, shut down Jefferson, force them to beat you with, with what they don't got. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers winning this game. 27 to 14. They're winning by more than 10 points, people. That's what I got. Uh, and maybe you think I'm crazy, but uh, nah. And, and when when inevitably I'm right, I'm going to trash Jeffrey Benedict's tie prediction because I'm sick no. of him coming from my throat. I just, I just want to say that what we should really t- – well, I think all of our listeners should take away from this show is that Michael Beck predicted that the Steelers would lose to Baltimore. That's all you need to take away from I'm this. I'm going this up too. From Steelers Pittsburgh, no way. Beck has cursed us. Jeff yeah, Hartman said the same well damn thing. Season. You've done pretty well this season, picking. I think you're more accurate than me. Uh, I'm pretty sure the two times I picked them to lose, they've won though. <laughs> so any, anytime I pick them to lose, they win. So that's that's not great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So maybe you're not doing very good. Actually, you know what? I'm pretty sure I picked them to lose three or four times. Like I'm either two and two or yeah. one and two picking them to lose. So. There you go. Well, yeah. now you're picking them to win. I am. On a tie. short week. I'm picking so, them to tie. I, I, You know, we've been calling for a defensive touchdown all year. It hasn't happened yet. I I feel like I feel like one's bubbling up. I think something's going to happen. Short oh, week, Cousins sloppy football. Oh, yeah. I think this is the week. And it's going to be someone random, and we're going to be like, really? That's the guy who got it? It's like a kill a Weatherspoon or like um, Montrevious Adams or however no, you say That's the name. dude right there. Oh, he, he is, is the dude. Fast. He is no joke fast, and he hustles. 4.79 or something? Mm Mm-hmm. TJ Watt strips that ball. He picks it up. You're going to see him try. You're going to be like, dude, that guy actually runs fast. That that would be a great one right there. But it's not going to happen. All kickers, man. There's going to be like 30 yards of total offense in this game for both teams combined. 
Be- the oh, most beautiful punting battle in league history. Well, you know what? We've done this for an hour, and I'm starting to get sick of your face. So, Jeffrey, uh, <laughs> p- p- please, please plug uh, what you have going on if you, if you right. can stop laughing. <laughs> we just had whoa, Dave Schofield and I just put out a vertex about TJ Watt that's really worth looking at. And I've got a film room coming out tomorrow, Thursday. If you're listening to this, go to the site because it's probably just out. If you're listening to this on the podcast on Thursday, uh, that is about Montrevious Adams and what he brings to the Steelers. So check that out. Uh, I go kind of in depth into it, where his strengths are, where his weaknesses are. Good stuff. Uh, check that out. And uh, what you really need to remember, though, is that Michael Beck picked the Ravens. Oh, good God. <laughs> Jeffrey Benedict just picked the Vikings and just... Steelers to tie. <laughs> no. No, that's not important. They don't need to remember that. All right, well, I'm, now I'm befuddled. You know what? Go go ahead and tune into a superior AM show, the live mic. That and Cutting Room Floor both airs on Tuesdays. You only need to listen to one of them. That's mine. Uh, you can skip Jeffrey's, but listen to the entire family behind the steel uh, curtain uh, podcast. Uh, aside from a snake that you think is your co-host, just throwing you under the bus all the time. But anyhow, there's great content for you. Just uh, wherever you get your podcast, just uh, Google search behind the steel curtain. Uh, heck, even search Steelers were typically uh, in the in the number one slot when it comes to Steelers podcast. And still, uh, I think for a third consecutive month, the number one podcast in all of SB Nation. So thank you to you, each and every one of our loyal listeners. Uh, we couldn't have do that without you. Make sure you're hitting like, subscribe, five stars, what have you. Helps support the show, helps grow the platform even more, and continues to keep us in that number one slot. So uh, with all that being said, I also want to remind you to click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It's almost game day, baby. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers Thursday night football against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I will be uh, on that post-game show, so you'll see me again tomorrow. Uh, so tune in then. Uh, and once again, uh, for everyone except for Jenny Jeffrey Benedict, thank you for tuning in, uh, and we will catch you guys next week. Oh, how it rips me, beloved, makes me live for tomorrow